I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with the VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VSIN Pro annual subscription when you use promo code ANG. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24 7 video access. Remember to use code promo, or I should say promo code. What just happened right there? Did I just have a medical event? A-N-G, <laughs> a numbers game. <laughs> I became my mom. What, what, have we, uh, what have we decided to? We've got a couple uh, possible prizes. for. Uh, you got to hit that A-N-G promo code. You might get video of the exclusive Matt Brown kicking a field goal. Oh, ja- well, first of all, remember to use promo code A-N-G. That'll save you 10% off a of VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. All the details sign up, I should say, at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Jack Larkin just texted about that, Kelly. He said, or tweeted, pardon me, about that. He just said, uh, do we all have our alarm set for Friday's Matt Brown field goal kicking? Is it happening? Okay. I, I, Jack, I'm glad you tweeted about this. I'm glad I'm giving a, a moment to discuss this as the, uh, the commissioner or organizer of this event. I'll bring everybody up to speed, okay? Oh, God. We've waited this long, Gil, okay? Yes, so I think everybody can understand that I'm not doing this. We're not doing this without it getting on video, okay? okay? Correct. So I am organizing the the production team, if you will, okay, of, of of a person or people that will be out there for this kick. I've pretty much got that set. Location is the next thing because you know, not just you can't just go anywhere. There are goalposts everywhere. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think this Friday is going to happen. I think we're going to have to push back to next Friday. But the wheels Uh-oh. are finally in motion. Is uh, the point. Okay, okay, it's finally in motion. And you got your spray tan set up. Yeah, that's on Matt. I don't know. He's that's got. Hey, I'm organizing his field goal. He's got to organize my tan. Okay. Uh, and last thing on this, then. Are you using this as an incentive for people to put in ANG? Is that what you were suggesting? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So you're holding back the video until they put in ANG? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Glad to see. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what's happening? Man, uh, we got a shot already. Who knows? <laughs> so, so yesterday on the show, we did uh, we gave passionate analysis on uh, on last team to remain undefeated. Uh, the conclusion was, you know, I my conclusion was San Francisco ought to be the short shot. I think they were close to being the short shot, uh, if not just second by a by a hair. And that New Orleans of all teams, who I don't even think is that is really all that good, really was the best value as a long shot. And as far as the last winless team, Arizona absolutely should be the short shot. 
But we gave a passionate speech I did because I already have this preflop of Carolina being the best value play. And you could have got it yesterday during this show at about the same number I got at preflop. I got it just shy of 16 to 1. It was available at 14 to 1. It is down to 10 to 1 after our uh, dissertation yesterday, Kelly. Makes sense. On that on that one. So we'll that, that number still might be a little long. It still might be. It, it, but again, think about what we're saying. Arizona still deserves to be, <laughs> yeah. right? But then it's then Carolina, because Carolina really could be um, over through their bye coming up in several weeks. All right, so today we wanted to talk about MVP. We want to talk about Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do you have a preflop bet on? Not preflop, actually, actually after week one bet. Uh, and then we also want to talk about Comeback Player of the Year because DeMar ain't played yet. So let's talk Most Valuable Player. MVP, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa is the short shot now at 6-1. to one. Uh, Tagovailoa does, is right now leads the NFL in yards passing, but not by any significant margin, it should be pointed out, Kelly. Uh, I believe it's only a seven-yard lead yeah, seven. over, over uh, Kirk Cousins yep. for that statistic. Uh, but Tagovailoa is your short shot. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the huge, your usual suspects at 7-1, to one, then Jalen Hurts at plus 850, everybody else double digits, beginning with Lamar Jackson, who has fallen to 12-1. to one. Uh, I will give you one that, and may, I don't want to take away Will Hill's steam. Maybe I'll ask him about this later. But he was asking yesterday offline, is there value on Brock Purdy at 22 to 1? Now, Brock Purdy statistically, at least to this point, and one would project forward, might not knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. But if he's the quarterback of a football team that ends up, I don't know, let's go 14 and 3 or 15 and 2. Let's just be conservative yeah. about that if, that, if that sounds conservative. Because uh, who knows? I don't want to say 17 and 0, in other words. Um, they could be less than that. But let's just say 14 and 3. Is, is there a path for a Brock Purdy in a year where, let's just look at the landscape through two games. Mahomes is Mahomes. Maybe there's betting fatigue. Obviously, his offense hasn't been as good yes, so far through two games. Still getting it together. Josh yep. Allen looked terrible in week one. Looked great in week two. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles look not to be quite as good as they were last year. Only through two games, I get it. Miami, sure. And then there's the obviously the two caveats, which you hate. If he stays healthy, we all know about the Dolphins, which is, which is are, can we really trust them to be all that good in the end? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. The point being that everyone at Joe Burrow hurt. We don't even know if he's playing this week. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert, sure, great. He hasn't done anything wrong, but they're 0-2 in, in Los Angeles. Deshaun looks diminished in a year where no one else thus far seems to have stood out besides maybe Tua. Is Brock Purdy a good bet at 22 to one? I don't hate it. I, I you know, I'm, this is, goes without saying, of course, I think I'd want it a little bit longer, sure. but the, uh, yeah, I think there's a path to answer your original question. Is there a path? Yes. If they end up 14 and three in the number one team in the NFC and this dude keeps winning like that and we're going to sit there at the end of the day and say, oh, over a, what, a year and a half span of him play, playing football, he's lost three games and won, what would he have won at that point, 20 or something like that? I mean, that's an incredible start to a career. Um, we keep hearing, you know, we keep we keep racking up the wins of how he started as a starter. Um, yes, I think that is a, that's going to be in the ma- mainstream media over and over and over again. And um, 
Yeah, I, I absolutely think there's something there. You know, I've brought it up just like I've brought up with Tua. Like the guy doesn't get enough credit. We always want to pick out what he does, what he does wrong. And sure, yeah, he missed a lot of big throws last week. Yeah, but like if he keeps winning, you can't deny him that. We'll, we'll continue this with Will and get his thoughts on Brock Purdy. But I just want to say that this has become over the last four years a de facto quarterback award, and I don't want to get locked into that. Like I think, I, I think we have to consider that this might go the other way at some point. Christian McCaffrey is 55 to 1. Christian McCaffrey's 55 to 1, obviously through 2 weeks, uh, leads the NFL in in rushing yards. He has 268. Bijan Robinson at 180 is next best. And then receiving yards. Remember, I have a Tyreek Hill to win the MVP bet at 75 to 1. Tyreek Hill says he wants to get to 2000. But Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards through two weeks than he does. Justin Jefferson has 309. Puka Nakua has 266. And then Tyreek, after a week where he didn't do much, has 255. Do you think there is a viable bet on either Christian McCaffrey, who's north of 50 to 1, or either of those receivers, Jefferson or Tyreek, will leave Puka Nakua for the uh, offensive rookie of the year discussion? I think it's a great question. As of right now, yeah, as of right now, I think, yes, you could make a case that there's a viable bet. I'll even throw one more in there. Who? How about a defensive player? Uh, How about about a Michael Parsons if he keeps going like he's going? Yeah, I think that's a little more of a stretch, but I think the main thing I want to get across about MVP is I think thinking about in a year where it looks like some of the usual suspects aren't going to necessarily have the seasons we expected yes. of them for varying reasons that we just went Which through. Which is why we didn't bet it preseason. We didn't bet it preseason. Because there was like four names at the top were that too we thought short. deserved to be at the top. But it's why I have a Tyreek bet. <clears throat> I don't know that I won't add a Christian McCaffrey bet at some point, too. Like, I think this is the year where it might happen for a non-quarterback. Offensive rookie of the year, I have so, the Puka. Oh, go It's ahead. a lot more live right now. Yes. Like, right now where we stand, it is way more live than it was three weeks ago. And I, it might be way more live than it was three I weeks from now. I think it's a thing this year. Offensive rookie of the year, I have a Puka Nakua bet at 25 to 1. I did that after week one. Do you know what he was for the month leading up to the regular season? From like mid-August to September seventh, two hundred to you know, one. You know what he was right back here at Circa. What? Puka Nakua for offensive rookie of the year was five hundred oh to one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 500 to 1. So I'm not even saying, hey, look at my 25 to 1, because trust me, it was 30 to 1, and before I could even press the button, it was right. 25 to 1. Right. So I'm not even saying that with any sort of pride. He's 8 to 1 now. He's the third shot. Bijan is plus 175, and Anthony Richardson concussed plus 225. Anthony Richardson still feel, still feels like the guy here because he's the quarterback? I, I think so. I, yes. But if but I will just say this, if Puka Nakua continues to get 10 to 15 targets a, a, a week and catches eight to 10 passes a week, let's just say, I don't know how you keep it out of his. I don't I don't know how you don't vote for him. No, I get it's it. Too much volume. I, I think this is I mean, I think this goes back to a kind of like to a conversation, right? Because we're seeing it with Anthony Richardson and. He's going to be guys runs the ball a whole lot more than what two is going to run. But okay, so you know, in concussion, dealing with the concussion right now this week, um, if he can stay on the field, I think I think he's he's the guy to beat. Hey, no matter what the odds is dictate the right now, I think he's, he's the guy to beat because he's the quarterback, yeah. right? And, Although, and, and he's not going to get pulled off the field ever, right? It's his rookie year. The Colts, the, the Colts know they have to grow with this guy. They're going to keep letting him play and keep letting him play his way. What about Stroud? Besides Tua, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford, Stroud with the most passing yards through two weeks in the NFL, number yep. four. Yeah, Stroud I, and, is thirteen to one, and he's going to he's going to keep slinging it around. I, I don't hate that bet. It just feels like. I don't believe the Texans are going to win enough win enough games for the, for him to really win this award. 
And I don't know how much that matters, but I think it matters a little bit. I don't think you can have two wins and win this one. I like my my Puka bet, my Nakua bet, but the quarterbacks ought to still be where you're looking here. By the way, Zay Flowers is 13-1. He's outstanding. He just doesn't have the numbers. But, boy, is he great. Uh, We'll do Comeback Player of the Year. And Will Hill joins us with all his picks. Baseball, college football, pro football. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Our number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D. Little Casey and the Sunshine Band this morning. Little, uh, little Beatles. It's a very eclectic playlist in here. You know Who's this right now? This is Casey and the Sunshine Man. They were just on the case. I don't, oh, okay. I don't know what it is now. I can't so like hear through that. Huey Lewis in the news or something. Oh, this is uh, this is in excess. <laughs> okay. New sensation. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> in excess. I N X S. Okay, coming up this hour. Still, uh, we got to talk about baseball seating and bets that are available with uh, baseball seating. We'll talk about all baseball tiebreakers. And man, what a day of baseball today, Kelly. I know you're not a, really a baseball uh, guy, but full day baseball, so many implications. And that Giants D backs game is massive. Come on, Giants, do something. Do something. It sounds great. Where do I watch the sport at? See, I still get, <laughs> I get the Giants, I get Bay Area TV on my YouTube TV. Okay. So I still can watch the I get Giants. the Cardinals. Or uh, not the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, Diamondbacks. Nice. I get the Diamondbacks. Oh, see, I don't get them. Well, that's weird. Um, okay. We'll, we'll talk about all these things. By the way, the Browns have just signed. So Kevin Stefanski went out of his way to say, Jerome Ford is now our guy with the injury to uh, Nick Chubb. And they just 
now after he said that, they signed Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, they said they were Not probably going to add surprise. someone. But, yes, yeah. Kareem Hunt has uh, been signed. One-year deal yeah. worth up to $4 million. Yeah, run, running backs, man. Who the, the whole you know offensive football, when I was a kid, went through running backs, right? That's how football was. And through the years, it became more of a, of a passing game. And you think about a guy like Kareem Hunt, who was great with Kansas City, and then his career got derailed because on video, kicking a woman... He lied to the Chiefs about it. He's like, sorry, Kareem, we have a video of you doing it. Uh, but the Browns end up taking him. He spent like three seasons with the Browns. Now he's back with the Cleveland Browns. But you were just saying off air, which I was thinking about yesterday, too. Guys like him and Leonard Fournette, they're just on the street. They're on the street, and they're you're talking not even 30 years old. Yet. Like These guys yeah. are you know late 20s. And, yeah, I mean, it just speaks more to what we heard all offseason of what, what really is the market for some of these running backs. And Those guys had a Zoom call, and then now, you know, Nick Chubb gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Who knows if his career is in jeopardy? Saquon's out for a few weeks. Oh, we don't know if Saquon's out for a few weeks. Saquon might play this week for all Brian Dable said yesterday. So uh, let's talk to Mike Pritchard. He actually played the game. He knows all about this stuff way more than we do. National champion at the University of Colorado. First round draft pick with the Atlanta Falcons. VEASAN's own Mike Pritchard. How you doing, Pritch? Actually played running back too before I moved wide receiver. So what was the what was the thinking going into that? Did a coach suggest that? Did you suggest it? How'd that go? You know what? It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy became our tailback, and uh, we were in competition together along with JJ Flanagan and a couple other guys. And um, I, I was a slight frame guy, you know, six feet, uh, 180 pounds, whereas Eric was the stocky. Uh, uh, stronger running back. I mean, you're, you're talking about five, seven, 200 pounds at the time. And, and so durability was a question, right? Uh, my ability to play running back, that wasn't a question. It was durability. Like what you're talking about, what you and Kelly were just talking about. Um, it, it is a, is a tough position, you know, not only running the football, but pass protecting, right? Uh, you're still uh, in collisions. You still have collisions on the field, uh, even in pass protection. So, uh, durability is the biggest question mark for a lot of guys. And uh, if you're well built or if you can carry uh, the muscle necessary on your frame, uh, then certainly you're, you can be effective. But uh, the longevity aspect of it, too, kind of uh, swayed my decision, uh, if you will, too. I, I wanted to be on the field. I, Eric Bienemy was a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, and I thought uh, with my ability on the outside as a wide receiver, if we could put those uh, two dynamics in play on, on the field, we would be effective as a team offensively. And a national championship ensued. Were you, so you were quick yeah. to accept that you were just like, you know what, that sounds great, I'll do it. Because, you know, some kids will be like, no, I'm a running back. Yeah, no, no, because it's funny because I actually wore number 35 in Atlanta. Uh, and Glanville um, said to me, you know, if it doesn't work out for you at wide receiver, we're going to move you back to running back because we know what you can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I would have had to bulk up, obviously, and then that would have been fine. I, I probably could have did that. Um, but no, it, it is it is a tough position. One of the things that scares you as a player uh, is when a grown man um, allows you to know that he's hurt, right? I, that's the best way to describe it. Like, you know, you're playing with the Ricky Waters of the world or the Terrell Davises of the world. And, you know, you're playing uh, back in the day, Eric Dickerson. Right. Uh, but when they get hit and they grunt uh, and they're coming back to the huddle and so much pain. Oh. I mean, that that really puts it in perspective. Uh, and for the fans out there, you, you just don't see it. Uh, a lot of guys, they suck it up and they play through it. 
but what happened to Nick Chubb certainly is so un- unfortunate. But each and every game day, uh, the pain threshold uh, of that position is off the charts. All right. Let me ask you some things that are related to what we were just talking about. So first of all, your Colorado days. Colorado, the biggest story in college football in a year where, again, it's the last year of having a four-team playoff. And it's kind of the usual suspects. I kind of listen. I think people are kind of bored of it. They're ready right. for the 12 team playoff. Um, and we're sick of seeing the uh, the Ohio States and the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. Colorado's the biggest story. What a shot in the arm for college football. But this is where the rubber meets the road, right? 3-0, dramatic, unbelievable win in overtime against Colorado State last week. Uh, they don't cover, but obviously they get the win. Now, they're, without Travis Hunter, they're three touchdown dogs here, Mike. Yeah. What do you realistically think they can do here? I think they can get inside a number. Uh, and, and here's why. Uh, I, I think as betters or, or even as bookmakers, maybe people are conditioned uh, to be top heavy in conferences because of so long with this same format, with this format, you know, the, the college football playoff that we've had and, and the four teams. But if you look through throughout history, you know, the SEC has been top heavy. Uh, the ACC has been top heavy. Uh, the Pac-12 may be top heavy in terms of one or two teams, like the Big Ten even, uh, top heavy. So now that you have the transfer portal and a disbursement of talent across the land, now you're getting back to my day in which Colorado can come up and win the Big Eight back-to-back years, right? Or you have other teams uh, that can be highly competitive. I think the middle of the pack uh, uh, type of teams in, in a particular conference, they have just as much of a chance uh, to win their conference or, or go into this playoff situation in the future because the options for so many players wanting to get on the field. Look at DJ at Oregon State. I mean, look at Penix, uh, you know, at Washington now. And so you, you have a disbursement of talent all across the uh, land now. And, and you have people like Shadur Sanders who not a lot of rating agencies knew a lot about, uh, but they're finding out quick, fast, in a hurry how good he is. Uh, so I, there's a lot of dynamic in play. I think from a betting standpoint, we could take advantage of, that, of all that. But you are stopping short. I don't want to give Dion a receipt here, Mike, but you are stopping short of an outright upset call here. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did upset Oregon. I, I No, I, I believe they'll get inside a number. In fact, I'll bet it. Um, uh, to get inside number, you know, in terms because Shador is just that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colorado has a chance offensively uh, because of the weapons that they have. But that quarterback, if you watch him play and examine how he plays, he is that good. Uh, and so we need the defense to show up. That's true. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, but can Oregon respond to a team that can score over 30 points? I'm curious about that because if you look at who Oregon has played so far, uh, Texas Tech, uh, you know, a little bit of that, but uh, if you get around 30 points, 35 points, now you're putting pressure uh, on a team that's supposed to run away with this thing. Yeah. Um, he's Shador is my Heisman guy, and boy, would I love to see yeah. Colorado make this competitive this week. About your guy, Eric Bieniemy, who you just discussed. Mm-hmm. Washington is among, uh, transitioning to the NFL, among the nine teams that are 2-0. and uh, no one saw this coming. They were down 18 to Denver at that point. You know, I was like, oh, same old, same old skins for me. Right. But here they are. And now they're they're big dogs at home to Buffalo. Should yeah. we not? You know, that's one of these games where you sort of throw off. You're like, oh, yeah, Buffalo, they're back to what they were last week. Washington, everybody thinks, you know, not really a, a real true blue 2-0, and um, you know, like the other kind of 2-0s, like the Cowboys in Philly, for instance. 
But are we sort of diminishing Eric Bieniemy's impact on this team? Because that offense, man, they don't come back from 18 in any other year, Mike. I can tell you that. I, I, Gil, I, I think we're diminishing um, a lot of things when it comes to Eric and his coaching ability and his acumen as a play caller and, and certainly uh, being able to bring the best out of players. Look, look at Sam Howe and how he played in that game uh, and that ball placement that he had with some of those players that out there on the field to come back from behind and beat Denver. Uh, there was some griping going on. The, the players, I, I think, will remain nameless of the ones who didn't like Eric's style uh, of coaching. Uh, but it produces results. Uh, I, I remember, you know, years ago uh, talking to Eric um, when they drafted, who's the running back out of Oklahoma? He, he's, his name escapes me. He went to Minnesota. Uh, Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson. Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I mean, the excitement in his voice, because I, I had to call him. I had to text him and, and call him. And the excitement of his voice, he couldn't wait to work with somebody like that. So his enthusiasm for the game, you can see that in his players right now. Uh, offensively. Now, the problem for me, uh, I think, will be defensively in Del Rio. <laughs> Man, Del Rio's got to he's got to catch up to 2023 uh, <laughs> and, and really help out that defense. Right. Uh, so I, I, I think Josh Allen has a choke gene. Um, I, I think in tight games that shows up. And if Washington can keep this game tight, uh, I, I like the Washington Commanders, to be honest with you. 2-0, uh, I love their play selection standpoint. They're balanced 60-40 pass run. Uh, I think they're going to implement the running game a little bit more, be a little bit more physical as well. And we'll see if uh, Buffalo can stand up to that. Yeah, commodes, six-and-a-half-point home dogs against the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Um, real quick, because we have 10 seconds, but your favorite play you think this week might be? Oh, man. You know what? I'm really looking at Pittsburgh and Vegas. You know, big Sunday night matchup, uh, a grudge match. I want to see if the Steelers are for real. Okay. Um, but it, but then so much curiosity with the Raiders, too. So that, that could be my favorite play this week. Pritch, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You guys have a great day. Mike Pritchard, Colorado alum. What a what a season for him here early on with uh, his Buffaloes. We'll come back. Um, not only will we talk to uh, Joe Peter next, but he's got a story on the other side. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. We got a subscription a subscription contest going between the shows here at VSIN, and we need your help to win. That's a subscription contest, is what that is. Yeah, Kelly. A little slip there. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? At stake is a one thousand dollar voucher at Circus Sportsbook to be used on a Super Bowl futures ticket to sweeten the deal for you. You'll save ten percent when you sign up for a new VSIN annual subscription. That's a pro annual subscription, VSIN Pro, and use promo code ANG. That's for a numbers game, bragging rights, and a juicy futures ticket is on the line. It's time to start betting smarter and help us do the same. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up for a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription. Save 10% with promo code ANG. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. You excited about this, Kelly? No, no. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Um, okay. Yeah. Get us paid. <laughs> get us paid? Don't continue get them. To get, continue get the listeners get. paid. Yeah, just want, I'm is. more worried about us continuing to get paid, okay? That's it. Okay. We don't want to finish last. We again, we don't know what happens if we relegation last. could be relegation. Everybody, <laughs> all right. Tiebreakers, American League and National League. So we were going to do this whole seating segment we had planned today, and uh, we'll get to uh, what happened earlier this morning. So, but tiebreakers in the American League now. In the American League, tiebreakers are are going to apply when it comes to obviously maybe at the top of the AL East, where uh, where Baltimore currently has a two-and-a-half game lead over the Tampa Bay race, but Baltimore has the tiebreaker there. It also applies to the American League West, where Houston has a half-game lead over both the Rangers and the Mariners, but all three teams are tied in the loss column at 68. Houston is 84-68, and 68, while the Rangers and Mariners are both 83-68. and 68. So it's anybody's division. Here are your tiebreakers. And remember, tiebreakers in Major League Baseball now are decided on head-to-head competition. And if you are tied in head-to-head, then, Kelly, it goes to the ridiculous intra-division record. Now, when it comes, sure, to, yeah. when it comes to winning a division, well, that's, that's fine because uh, it's the same division. But when it comes to teams competing for a wild card, it's the most ridiculous thing ever because you would, in essence, take you know Team A from the American League East, what's their record in the American League, League East, and juxtapose it against Team B in the American League West, and what's their record in the American League West? It's a stupid tiebreaker. But anyway, in the West itself, Seattle has the tiebreaker over Houston on head-to-head. Houston has the tiebreaker over Texas, and Texas has the tiebreaker over Seattle. So it's a little round robin. Now, the Texas-Seattle one, they still play each other seven more times, and Texas is currently up five to one. So Seattle could conceivably have the tiebreaker over Texas, but Texas has the big, big lead in it. So you understand right now it's a, it's a round robin. Seattle over Houston, Houston over Texas, Texas over Seattle, with that last one still pending. When it comes to the AL wildcard tiebreaker, this now also involves Toronto. So take whichever two teams don't win the AL West and the Toronto Blue Jays, whereas in the wildcard race right now, Toronto is 84 and 67, while right now the Rangers and Mariners are 83 and 68. So it's a, you know, it's a one game lead. Toronto has the tiebreaker over Houston. 
Texas has the tiebreaker over Toronto, and Seattle has the tiebreaker over Toronto. So, <laughs> all of that in the mix in the American League. We'll get to these seeding odds momentarily. Let me just take you to the National League wild card picture. This is a little more simple because there's no divisions really that are uh, up for grabs in the National League. These are all wild card implications. Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, who currently inhabit the number two wild card position, they lose all tiebreakers to the Diamondbacks, Reds, and Marlins. But the Cubs would have the tiebreaker over the Giants. The Giants would have the tiebreaker over both the Reds and the Marlins, but their tiebreaker over Arizona will be determined today, Kelly, because those two teams have split the first 12 games this year. Okay. Cincinnati and Miami also have the tiebreaker over Arizona, and Miami has the tiebreaker over Cincinnati. Most of these are head-to-head, but some of these are have to go to the second tiebreaker of intradivision record. For instance, that last one, Miami versus Cincinnati. Miami and Cincinnati actually 3-3 three to three this year, but Miami's record in the NL East is 25-23, and 23, whereas Cincinnati's 19-27 and 27 in the NL Central, so they have no shot at that. Now, there's more tiebreakers that apply, and this comes to seedings. Right now in the American League, the second seed is still up for grabs. Houston, as I mentioned, right now has the half-game lead over both the Rangers and the Mariners. So right now, they are the number two seed, right, by a half a game. But the Minnesota Twins are only four games behind Houston currently. Minnesota's remaining schedule at Cincinnati today, and then three home against the Angels, three home against the Athletics, three at the Rockies. Whereas Houston, after they play Baltimore today, they do have three against the Royals, but then they got to go to Seattle for three and Arizona for three, and it's going to matter to both Seattle and Arizona those final six games, collectively. So Minnesota right now at DraftKings is 50-1 to to get the number two seed. Now, as I was mentioning at the beginning of the show, we actually had this segment planned, Kelly, but the guy, uh, but uh, Mitch and Pauly before us, they stumbled into this earlier when it was 110-1, to so they actually got it knocked down to 50-1. to Oh, wow. Okay. So in the last two hours, you and I were like feverishly doing this planning of we'll get all the tiebreakers, we'll do all the seating. So what when, a great so when I built it, it was 60 to 1. So it came down even yes. from there, from 60 to yes. 50. Okay. So there it is, the American League number two seat odds. Astros are minus 105, Mariners plus 170. You see the Twins are 60 to 1. There's a path with that schedule. It's 50 to 1 now. There's a path with that schedule that Twins could actually get there. Now, can you rely on the Twins for those of us who watch baseball on a daily basis? And you're like, well, the Twins got to really win all these games now. Can you rely on this baseball team on a daily basis? I mean, not really. So even with a great schedule, 50 to 1 is still appropriately a long shot. But it is tantalizing because of that schedule, if they could just get their act together. Now, as far as the American League number five seed, because remember now, this is you essentially have three teams whichever two teams don't win the AL West and the Toronto Blue Jays, you essentially have three teams competing for the number five position. But the team that's currently in the lead in the American League West is obviously involved in this as well. And that's really, those are really the four. I know we have Tampa Bay on the screen as well, but they're really not going to be the number five. See, they're, they're too far ahead to really be considered here. Jays are the favorite at minus 160, but the Rangers plus 350, the Astros plus 550, and the Mariners 6-1. to one. I mean, you could really take a shot, because Will was making a point earlier that if you took a couple teams at plus money, you're, guar- you're sort of guaranteed to make money. And I can't remember what market he was talking about. Maybe it was the, uh, was he talking about uh, to make the playoffs, I think, for, for a couple of those teams in the yeah. AL West. 
this you could you could apply the same sort of thing in the in the number five seed and the number six seed in the American League. If you really believe two teams have a better shot based on schedule above the fray, maybe you play it that way. But it is so jumbled for five and six in the American League that I really can't definitively make a recommendation on one team. It's too jumbled. You have no idea who's winning the AL West at this point, and the schedules are too murky, and they play each other too many times to randomly know who's going to end up precisely in that seed. This is wild, like the yeah. seed odds. Six I mean, seed. look at this. Plus so, 210. Astros plus 210. Blue Jays plus 230. Rangers plus 240. Mariners 3-1. to one. Even the book <laughs> is telling you. Forget, <laughs> That's right. Forget, right. That, forget that the Yankees are on that screen. Stop it with the Yankees. The, even the book is telling you there's no way to know. Right. There's just absolutely no way to know the number five or six seed in the American League. There's too many teams jumbled. It has to do with who wins the AL West, and then from there it even is is jumbled as well. For the National League now, uh, same sort of markets exist for the number five and the number six seeds. Now here, this is interesting because the, the Phillies are probably going to be the number one wild card team. Number two and number three. Right now, the Cubs have the one-game lead, so they're the number two wildcard team. So they would be the number five seed currently, okay? Number two wildcard equals number five seed. So if you go to that, the Cubs currently are the plus 330, but they, oh, pardon me, they, but they're tied in the loss column with the Diamondbacks, pardon me. So they are tied in the loss column, which is what you really need to look at. So the Diamondbacks are actually a short shot at plus 165. The Cubs are longer than the Marlins, which makes no real sense to me because the Marlins have a tough schedule and they're one game worse in the loss column. So right. Cubs plus 330 to be the number five seed is probably a really good bet. I know it's only a, a one game lead over who's in the six, the number six position, but plus 330 is pretty juicy to just have that one game lead with so few games left. I would actually take a shot at the plus three. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you're, you're talking about they're a half game back from the Diamondbacks and a yeah. half game above the Marlins. Correct. But you're giving me over three dollars for them to end up number five. Right. Let's, let's put it this way. That's a better bet than anything in the American League five and six markets. So the Cubs Cubs to be number five at plus three thirty gets a slight recommendation recommendation from me, and then for the number do we have the number six seed at all? The number six seed in the National League, that's going to be a little more murky because this is where it really does come down to: is it going to be uh, the Diamondbacks and Cubs are right now in the driver's seat for five? Is it going to be the team that doesn't get five, which is why the Diamondbacks are plus 240 and the Cubs are plus 250? Or will it be from the Marlins, Reds, Giants, Mishugas after that? Giants now have fallen all the way back 25 to one, by the way, and should be noted. But hey, the Giants win today. That number will change drastically, too. Um, I think Cubs number five. Or, or maybe you do the thing. I, with the, I like that or maybe too. you do the yeah. thing with the Cubs Diamondbacks and you bet them both at number five and you make money figuring one will get there. Best Bets is next. Enjoy. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.